This episode is brought to you by Harris Resort SoCal. Nestled against a rolling hillside and just down the road from Palomar Mountain, guests at Harris Resort SoCal can expect gorgeous views, friendly staff, available night and day to encourage everyone to have a great time. When I was there recently, I had a chance to dine at California's first and the nation's largest house kitchen. And it's true, the beef wellington and sticky toffee dessert are great. The restaurant is inspired by the hit TV show and features a menu approved by the Michelin star celebrity chef, Gordon Ramsay himself. Hope to see you all at Harris Resort SoCal in 2024. In the spirit of Christmas and families and reunions, here's why we're here. Um, because you have a, a really wonderful, wonderful story to tell. And, um, you know, we were introduced uh, by Jess Vu. Shout out to Jess Vu. And your story actually was on Subtle Viet Traits and was on all of these places that I actually followed way before Jess introduced you and me. Yeah, right. So right. here we are. Shout out to Jess Vu. She's like the who's who, like the Vietnamese American community. Like she's always like throwing events. She's always getting people connected. Right, she's yeah. so generous with the time. Thanks, Jess. But like, you know, she's been a friend of mine for like a few years. Yeah. And like, I've, I don't know, like my, none of my family ever knew anything about Vietnamese culture, you know, because my dad didn't know. Yeah. Brother, sister, they got, they got no time to kind of do it. I've just, like I said, I'm the most kind of privileged. So I've had the most time to kind of be like, oh, where do I come from? You know, what's my history? All right. Well, let's start with that, the history. Um, your father is Vietnamese. Yeah, last name is Lee. Lee, L-E, or Lay. Lay Mart. Yeah, I've, right? been, I've been pronouncing my name wrong all my whole life. I said Ross Lee, but it should actually be Lay. Lay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Pronounced L-A-Y, right? Yeah. I mean, that's pronounced the correct pronunciation yeah. for yeah, Vietnamese. Exactly. Um, Ross Lay. So your father was Vietnamese. He uh, he was he was born in like 1948. Okay. Right to uh, to a merchant ship captain. That's my grandfather. My merchant ship grandfather, he had a route from Saigon to Hong Kong. And so on one of the routes, he fell very ill. And in that six months period, that's where he met my grandmother, right? My grandmother was from Hong Kong. So your grandfather was uh, Viet Vietnamese? Vietnamese. Got it. Sailor, okay. sailor, merchant ship captain, right? And so, you know, my, my father was pretty much born and raised in Hong Kong. Yeah. Right? But he would go with my grandmother to visit my, my grandfather in Saigon. And it was on one of these trips that, you know, his, uh, his father was killed. How was he killed? Uh, he was hit by, uh, hit by vehicles. It was a, a motor accident. Man. And your dad was like, what, five, you said? Yeah, he was Around five. five. And then so what happens after that? Well, my grandmother took, took, took the little boy and left to grow up in Hong Kong. Because, like, you know, we, we, we didn't understand it at the time, but that was the choice that was made. You know, she took, she took my dad and... Raised him by herself in Hong Kong. Yeah, but if you think about it, there is no other choice. There's no other... What are you going to do? Because if, if she left him, she might not see him again. She, if she just left him with, with, with the in-laws and everyone, you know, she, she might just go back by... You know, this, these are the kind of things... Like the, the, my, my grandmother was so kind to me. You know, she died in 91 at the age of like 63, 64. She was quite young. Very she young. Always, she was always so good to me, right? But like, who knew this, this woman had so many secrets... You know, she lived a hard life being like a single mom raising this, raising this kid, like the choices that she made. Then she got remarried. I'm sure it's difficult to kind of talk about the old family with the new husband kind of thing. She kind of, she kept a lot of this stuff to herself. So, so nobody like knew about it? Like, mm, no, uh, uh, like I, th I think some of my grandmother's family knew that my grandfather had, 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 a, had a wife and kids. Like that was, that was known. Yeah. Here you are growing up your whole life thinking uh, that 
you know, do you do you know that there's Vietnamese roots, or do you just know that the name is Viet? Like, well, how much do you know? Up up until like five years ago, you know, like my my, like my dad's raised by a single mom, so you know what that did to him. He was just like, study. I'll study my way above this poverty line. You know. No, no one there to support him. So that's all he did. He just grew up like a in Hong Kong. He grew up in Hong Kong. Just studied top of his class yeah. kind of thing, right? Like that's like that's what he did to kind of you know make sure my grandmother didn't have to worry as much. You know, just a very independent. You know, didn't have much people skills. You know, because all he did was study the books, right? But it, you know, that's that's the personality that developed for him. You know, and he didn't talk about Vietnam growing up or or anything. Yeah, it's too painful for him. Anytime he'd talk about, he'd pull out these pictures sometimes, you know, like these old, old black and white pictures that that, that my grandmother had kept. Yeah. But uh, you know, he, he couldn't he couldn't look at them for too long. You know, it was just too painful. Like all he knew is that his father—that's all I knew. His father died when he was five. But and did he know? Uh, did he know where his father? Was from? Did he know? No, he thought he was from Saigon. Turns out he wasn't. Right, he just yeah. thought he was from Saigon. And he never went back to to look for the roots of like, no, he didn't. like th- to think about like, okay, who was my father and who did my father? He was a handsome man. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, young captain. This guy spoke English, French, Vietnamese, and Cantonese. Nineteen fifty-two. But Vietnamese man. Yeah, Vietnamese. And so your dad never thought, like, let me go back and trace where I'm from or who my family is from. No, man, he was too selfless. He was too concerned with like making sure that mom had everything she needed, loving loving the kids as much as they could. Like he just didn't think about himself. He didn't think about himself. It's not until he's retired that you know he might have. Like I took an interest in the history. I. My brother and sister are a little bit different. Maybe me, I don't have wife and kids, so I'm a little bit more interested in the history. He showed me these pictures. I was like, who is this man? Yeah. Hey, so when did you develop this interest to go and look for um, your father's family? Well, I didn't actually... I, I, I never looked without like asking permission from my dad, you know, but he would never talk about it. Only the last five years, he'd pull out the picture, he'd tell me a few more details. You know, my, my dad was killed when I was five and... You know, like they actually, they, we did what they did in 1953. They brought the body back to the house and he saw saw his dad die. Like, like, you know, that's traumatic. Like he would never want to talk about that. He'd pull out these pictures, he would just cry, right? But then just so happened that last year I was getting burned out with my job in Hollywood. I was getting a little bit tired of the acting career and working in hospitality. I was just getting so burned out. I was like, you know what? I need to reset. I want to, I want to go to Vietnam for a while. I want to. I want to eat some, eat some fur. I want to do some jujitsu. I want to hang out there. And, you know, my parents heard that. And they're like, oh, let us come to Hong Kong, you know, because they know Hong Kong. And they, and they don't see me very often. So we'll meet you in Hong Kong before you go. And we just hang out, you know. And so that's what they did. They followed me. And well, like, while we was there, like, mom brought these pictures to Hong Kong just, just because. Your mom. Yeah, my mom just brought these pictures. And I was, I was, we were just looking at them through Hong Kong. And I was like, Dad, I'm going to Vietnam. Like, do you want me to, do you want me to have a look? And for the first time in his life, he looks at me and he's like, yeah, yeah, go have a look, go have a look. So I was racking my brain. I was like, what the hell, how do I write this? So I wrote a little something on subtle Viet traits. This is my dad. This is, this is how he grew up. This is, he grew up in Hong Kong. This is a story. I read that. That was like how long ago? A few weeks ago, right? Like, like middle of October. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I was in Hong Kong. I was like, I, I didn't expect to do this. Kenneth, well, I, like, this is like one of the major pictures. This was like my dad and uh, one of his brothers, mm-hmm. but my dad thought he only had one brother. 
He had four brothers, mm. right? But my dad just didn't know this stuff. He was only five. He never asked his mum. He didn't just didn't ask. Didn't have time. No, no, that's that's your grandfather and a grandfather grandfather's and, brother. Yes. Got it. Okay, right. So that's your dad's uncle. Uh, yes, your dad's my dad dad's uncle. and your yes. dad's uncle. Yeah, and so when when I posted on Subtle Viet Traits originally, had a lot of had a lot of people reply say, "Oh, it looks like you." You, you, your grandfather's well dressed. He seems well educated. Seems like he was a, you know, man of wealth, a man of knowledge. You know, just little bits and pieces. Oh, this looks like it's in Don Coy Street in Saigon. You know, little clues. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Maybe I can go back to Don Coy Street and get like a picture. Yeah, you know. But then, I don't know why, Kenneth. But after about a week and a half, one of the people on Subtle Viet Traits, uh, a DJ friend, now a friend, she was just like, you know what? Why don't you post it on this? This Vietnamese Saigon website, you know, just 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 try again. And I was like, ah, I tried it once, you know. But I was like, I'll just try it one more time. Let me try it one more time. So I rehashed the story. I told the same thing. I posted on the story and I, I couldn't sleep that night. I was like, oh man, wouldn't it be nice if I could find them? I just went for a walk. Four o'clock in the morning in Hong Kong. I just went for a walk. And I just, I just, I just felt, I just felt something. I was like, I was just thinking, wouldn't it wouldn't be great if I could, I could find them. And I went, when I went back to the, when I went back to the hotel room, there was a message from this man, Han Lee, right? And I, I don't know many, many Lees, right? But this is message from this guy here. I am your father cousin. How does he know that? That's I, the crazy thing. How cause, does he cause know? Because he, he saw these pictures. Oh. He saw these pictures and he, he was scrolling through the He's like, that's my, that's my grand, grandfather. My name is Leiden Hung. I am your father's cousin. We, the Lay family, have been looking for your father all of these years. I'm very happy and emotional to see your post. Please contact me at your earliest convenience. I'm excited and waiting to hear from you. Sincerely, Lay, Leiden Hung. My father is Leiden Fung, brother of Leiden Thuai. My father's name is Thuai, by the way. Yeah, man. This is crazy. Right, right. And that, it just goes to show how long they've been looking. They've responded within four hours. Right. And how old is uh, Hun? He's, he's about, I think he's 72. Oh, shit. A little bit, little bit younger than my dad. A little bit younger than my dad. God right. almighty. But, you, but it's, it's just one of those, my dad's such a selfless, selfless guy, you know, and in all those years, he always thought he was entirely alone, just with a single mum. You know, he's in boarding school in Hong Kong and, you know, every, every weekend people, would, all, all the families would come visit the kids. Sometimes, sometimes I'm grandma so. couldn't, couldn't make it. Right, so every, all the other all the other boys who had families come visit him, and you know my dad was just by himself. It's what he thought his whole life, right? But it turns out, no, nah, man, you had a whole family leaving a candle on for you, a whole family looking for you, and like you know, it's just. But he just he just didn't know. So it was just him and his him and his mother growing up all these years. Yeah, uh, well, and, uh, until about the late '60s when my grandmother got remarried. Right, but I'm saying within the context of your immediate, his immediate family, yeah. there's only him and his mom. Yeah. What about any siblings, any of your mo of your grandmother's family in uh, Hong Kong? A, a little bit, but dad wasn't great at like keeping in touch. Yeah, oh. dad wasn't great at keeping in touch. It's just not his. You know, he was so focused on like what he was doing, what he was studying, and just his mom. So there's no family, basically. Uh, not not much. Yeah, not much. There's a, there's a few of like. Uh, grandmother's cousins who were still alive that we just saw in Hong Kong, just a few of them. Yeah, but like the it was the Lay family that was like 
they've been looking for this, you know, and this you little could, boy, you, you, uh. you, you can tell like when, when my grandfather died, like his brothers, they mourned him. Like that family mourned him. He was like, he was young, smart, handsome, accomplished, you know, and he left behind like two kids. Right. My dad didn't know about, didn't know about the other sister. kid. No, yeah. Know. The older sister. Didn't know. This episode is brought to you by red boat fish sauce. I love cooking with red boat because it's made with only two ingredients, wild caught anchovies, and sea salt. This premium fish sauce is made in Fukuok, Vietnam, and bottled right here in California. You can find Red Boat at select Asian supermarkets like 99 Ranch, H Mart, and Tong Fak. The time. Okay, so so once this man, uh, your your father's cousin, reaches out to you, what happens after that? Oh, it's like four o'clock in the morning. I couldn't believe the message. I was like, "That's my grandfather." It's like, oh my, oh my god, this is, you know, immediate like. I'm 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 quite trusting. I'm like, okay, this seems this seems right. Legit, yeah. Yeah, you know, like I mean, he pinpointed I did the fucking confidence yeah, that he wrote back with. It's just like like that was an, you know, I still needed a little bit of convincing, but different different people in the family need a little bit more convincing. My sister's a little bit more skeptical. She's a little bit more kind of reserved with it's like make sure you know who they are, you know, make sure you see, you know, cuz you never know who these people are even if you do make Probably contact. some people looking for money, some know. connections, yeah. You don't know. Yeah. You know, you know, but, you know, I knocked, knocked on my father's hotel door. And I was like, hey, hey, I found your family. And he's like, you know, four o'clock in the morning. He's like, what? And then Uncle Hung's like calling and like he's, he's like told the whole clan. He's told the family in, in Saigon. He's told the family in Way. He's told the family in, in Melbourne. He's told the family in New York. He's like, We've, we found Lady and Toy's son. We found, we found this guy. Right. And so all these leads are adding me onto the thing. And I'm just telling my dad, I'm like, uh, yeah, this is happening. And he's just, just playing catch up you know this is a this is an old asian dad that doesn't show no emotion that yeah. doesn't feel no feelings it's not it's not usual for him to be about him it's about you it's about what you feel it's okay to feel yeah. you know and so it was just a big deal for him but then it was up to me i was like well i'm going over there so i'm gonna guess i'm gonna go hang out hang and out with the family did you get him to go to your dad to go to no nah, because mom's like 70 mom's like 75 there so it's hard for them to kind of just make plans and just travel they need to plan it out because you know old age they've got to make sure they travel efficiently you know so um they're they're going to go in march they're going to go in march but i was the first one to kind of go over to saigon and meet everybody and went to went to hanoi but the family is actually from Hue. didn't know that right all, everybody all the brothers most of them most of them, most of them started from way and, and then moved moved out to saigon the originally way people everybody yes, the whole lineage yeah, and then after then after the war, uh, some of them left to go to the Garden Grove Vietnamese yep. that we all know, right? So uh, a lot of them are down there as well. Some of them are in uh, Minnesota as well. But like, can, can we go back to your grandmother? Mm. Your grandmother is from Hong Kong. Yes. What was she doing in? Was she in Vietnam when? No, she was. In, she was in Hong, Hong Kong. Kong. Yeah, she's a Hong Kong nurse. So the Hong Kong nurse and the ship captain meet in Hong Kong. Yeah. Because he was—he's he, a Vietnamese ship captain. Yes. And right. so your your father was born in in Hong Kong. Yeah, I think Hong Kong actually. Hong Kong. So he stayed. So he never really had a childhood in Vietnam. None. None. So he's just Vietnamese by by blood. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just, Vietnamese by blood, and he's got this massive family. Yeah. In Vietnam, yeah, and after the war, this family spreads out to to everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. and now so, we are in Gro Garden Grove. We're in. Uh, you said where some, else? Some are in Minnesota. Minnesota. Some are in, some are in uh, San Francisco. 
you know it's like some of them are in way some some got as far as france you know but all with the all with the last name lay and like they all knew the story like all these relatives they all knew my story and my dad's story better than me they're like yeah you're leading toys grandson and you know leading toys leading toy had one son it's your father like they all knew and they're like hey it looked like him you know like they took me to all the all the memorials to pay respects you know and that was it was really special like i went to vietnam just wanted to hang out but yeah. then i just got like the local experience so did you ever think of yourself as vietnamese growing up yeah just just me though for some reason just me my brother and sister they you know born and raised in australia they just you know but and my my mom she's from hainan so she never had it dad didn't know anything about it so he didn't but for some reason for me for me i i enjoyed I would always have this thing, Kenneth. In Australia, when I was young, old Vietnamese ladies would always stop me in the supermarket and just tap me on the shoulder, just complete strangers. And then, you're Vietnamese, right? And I'd be like, uh, yeah. And they'd be like, right, just multiple, just over the course of my life, they'd just look at my face and be like, you're Vietnamese, right? And I, I always found that so strange, but apparently I have a very Vietnamese face. And then when I went to Vietnam, it was the same thing, you know? Like, people would just be like, you don't speak but you look right and i always found that so so curious you know <clears throat> vietnamese-ness or being vietnamese comes in so many different shapes and sizes you know uh the stories that come to um the surface are are so varied and it's just you know i i don't i don't think that there's any particular uh, way of being Vietnamese. I don't think that there's um, any patterns anymore because the beauty of having a 70-year-old man in Hong Kong, growing up in Hong Kong, being educated in Hong Kong, and then finally making it to Australia, and then having a son who is an actor who lands in Hollywood in LA and reconnects with the Vietnamese community, it's just such a beautiful story to me. Thanks, and, man. you know, you have all this family in Garden Grove, Minnesota, and all over the world that is Vietnamese. It's a family of Vietnamese people that you didn't really it's, know until now. It's, it's pretty beautiful, man. Like, like I've always known, like, Vietnamese culture and Vietnamese families. They roll deep, man. They roll close. They do. This, 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 the tightness. The Vietnamese people, they see each other. They see each other very deeply. And I felt that when I went over there. Anytime I've... You, you know, don't think that that exists in the Hong Kong culture for you? Uh, in your Hong Kong I, world, I, I, I believe it does. I think Chinese and Vietnamese culture—it's not so far removed. It's no. not so far removed at all. But like, there's something about Vietnamese culture in particular. I just noticed that family. I feel, I feel that. I wonder what that is. I know. Are you? Is. Are you? The, are you close with your siblings? Uh, yes. Yeah. Like, mum's always instilled that in me. I'm yeah. Always close with. Like, make make the effort. Make the effort. I love being uncle. Maybe not dad yet, but like definitely the uncle vibes. I love I love doing that because I had good uncles. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. And like I see, especially with this with 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 this side of the family, like the way they welcomed me, they weren't just welcoming me, man. Like there was like the spirit of my grandfather walking through the door again, you know, because this guy got hit by a car in an accident. He never got a chance to say goodbye to anybody. Never got a chance to say goodbye to his family. So, like when my when my when my father's sister met me, by the way that she held me, the way she hugged me, I could tell that it was like this was like some solace for her. T tell me about that. Like, this is your father's only sister. This is your sister, father's. Yeah. This is your paternal aunt. Yes, my paternal aunt. She's seventy-seven. I, I she asked me to call her Mani instead of Ko Nyi. It's like because she says, you know, I think I think Ross is. 
he feels more like a son to me. He doesn't feel like a oh, Manyi. Manyi, yeah, name's Damn, Manyi. that's that's like mother, right? You know? But yeah. it, but it's it's it it's uh it's typical in Vietnamese culture to use that for your aunts. Yeah, you know, ma ba ma bong. You know, yeah. like ma yeah. means mother, but it's like. It's really interesting. I never thought about that. So she, go is like very, you know, aunt, aunt. you know. Yeah, I'm just, like mother. Just starting to learn the Vietnamese culture, man. Yeah. But there's a there's a lot to it. Where's the, where, like like here she is. So where did she grow up? She grew up in uh, in Hue. She grew up in Hue. Hue. Spent more time in Hue and then Saigon. But that's me at her house. Oh, she's crying, man. Yeah, man. But like she's, um, you know, she, she we just had a, a bond very quickly. Yeah, yeah. You could tell that. Uh, you know, she just like my dad grew up without a, grew up without a father, right? And you could tell that like knowing that she had a brother out there was just like breaking her heart. But oh, she knew she all knew. these years. She knew the whole time, man. Right? Yeah, it's crazy, it? man. But just spending time with her was was just such a such a treat. You know, she's so warm. I told her I told her I like mangoes, and she just filled the apartment with mangoes, man. Mm -hmm. And you know now, now we're talking a lot. Uh, I send her messages, and she's she's so excited to meet my dad. And my dad, for the first time, he's like in Cantonese, it's like big sister's gadget. So he's running around to mom, just saying, "Hey, I got a gadget." You know, like my dad's excited about something. And and he's you know, never been to Vietnam. He's been to Vietnam once. This fool's he he goes over there in 2018. You know what he does? He's carrying around these pictures. He goes down to the hotel concierge. Oh my God. And, that's that's all he can do to think to kind of find his family. Like he hasn't, he hasn't, he never gave it a shot. He never tried, you know. But now it's like the last chance, just the last chance. I just send this out, and just the whole family's like, "Yeah, we're here," you know. Like and, and like, um, my uh, my grandfather's had had four brothers, right? The youngest brother is Ledin Yip, right? He's he's the interesting one because. He, he didn't have any kids for the longest time, so he kind of took it upon himself to be a father to, to Manyi and, you know, like they were really close together and they would, they would bond together. They would be like, you know, what do you think, what do you think Manjing's doing now? You know, where, where do you think he is? Like that's how they would bond, right? And this man looked like my father just from like the bottom of, the, of his face, like there's pictures here. Yeah. And all these uncles have died already, huh? Le, this is Uncle Ledin Yip. So this is two of the brothers. This is the youngest brother. And if you look at the bottom of his face, you don't, you mm -hmm. know, you don't know my father, but this is like exactly like my dad, yeah. like cookie cutter, yeah. right? And apparently his personality was quite similar too. And he goes to Vietnam in 2018, and he tries to find. Just yeah, that's like, what are you gonna do with that, like right? That's, that's all he can think to do. He didn't have Facebook. He just, he's not inclined to do that, right? So when I, so when I found everybody, I was just, you know, and it's. It's so interesting watching a different side of my dad come out. Yeah, yeah. Because for the first time, he's excited about stuff. He's like, I get to tell my teach my dad about about something. You know, this is what your this is what your cousins are like. This this cousin's the charming one. This one's the one that likes to have a drink. This one's the family historian, right? Because you know they, they had so many brothers that like the the last son of the oldest brother of all the uncles. He's like the family historian. He knows where all the Lees went. He knows where which ones died, which years, where all the relatives are. He's got them all in the family tree. He he's from Huey, right? And he he knows like all the all the memorials. He knows where everyone's buried, and like, you know, it's, it's it, you can see it's his job to pass it on to the next generation. All the information. This episode is brought to you by Somkai Distillery, my only go-to gin company. 
Established in 2018, Songkai Distillery is Vietnam's first gin distillery founded by Daniel Nguyen, a Vietnamese American from Southern California. No matter how many people I have at my parties, we are always pouring Songkai gin. Songkai gin is handcrafted in small batches and prioritizes using botanicals and ingredients that are native and heirloom to Vietnam. The result is a product uniquely Vietnamese in taste and aroma. Songkai is now growing to include rice wine and traditional Vietnamese herbal liqueurs similar to Amaro. Songkai prides itself in Vietnam from the farmers who grow the fruits and herbs to the artists behind the artwork and design. Songkai is a community effort of people who are proud to be Vietnamese and collectively embody the spirit of Vietnam. The beauty of of what you've done is this to me. Um Because I come from a really big family that don't care anymore. We don't care anymore. We don't. And I think with the advent of social media, everybody knows where everybody is, yeah. right? So we take it for granted. Mm. And I hope that people who are listening, you know, audience who are listening to this, hopefully we can pay attention more to our family this holiday oh, season. Oh, man. Because it is from where you're coming from, from somebody who didn't have that your whole life on your dad's side, right? I can't imagine missing my entire father's side oh, and then man. all of a sudden, you know, like like you're, the, like the, like this they're so excited, Kenneth. Like they just like they just like kids again. They just like kids again. When I was down in Garden Grove meeting meeting with some of the uncles, I um you know, I got on the phone and I said, oh, I'm going to call my dad." And they're like, "That 75-year-old man, they're like crawling over my shoulder just going, "I want to be in the picture." Yeah. Hey, Lei Ma Jing, Lei Ma Jing, it's us, we're, we're so yeah. excited to meet you, you know, they're just like like little boys again, and my, I can see it in my dad, the way my dad smiles, you know. So wait, do, 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 does your aunt, aunt keep in touch with the Lei family? Uh, now they do, I mean, this is only over the last month. But so wait, if, if they I'm, didn't before? My, my aunt? Yeah, your your dad's sister, she, she kept in touch with everybody, right? All her oh, yeah, cousins. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. They're all over there in Saigon. They're all together. They're all together. They're all banded together. Everyone's there except my dad. Everyone's there. They're all together. They're all... They all all around lives. the world, they're all together. Yeah, man. Because they all kept in touch. And, and, and they're all... Yeah, you know, like, that's what they did. That's that it's family like a big thing. family, yeah. Right? When I when I say that, like, when, when Man Yi hugs me, that's just like, you can tell. That's just, just like, the way she breathes is just like, I'm so glad you're here. You know? And, like, some of the uncles, they all treat me differently. One of them's... One of them, like all the men in the family are named Le Din. Le Din Hung, Le Din, Le Din Dat, Le Din Kat, right? But one of the uncles, like this guy had six sons, right? Uh, six children, five sons yeah. and a daughter, right? All the, all the men are Le Din, Le Din. But one of his sons is named Le Kin Tao, right? And Le Kin, um, I believe that's the creation of something, the start of something new, right? He was named by my grandfather before he died. And it brought him a lot of fortune. So he's a very charming guy. He's a very outgoing and guy. And he's still alive? Yeah. The Lake Kin guy? Yeah, Lake Kin Tao. He's very, very stylish kind of guy. And he attributes it all to the name. He's like, yes, your grandfather named me. So, you know, so he made an effort to make sure he was at the airport to pick me up. And, In Vietnam. Yeah. And you can tell the way he treats me. These guys don't treat me like a nephew. They treat me like their The uncle. representation yeah. of their uncle, yeah. They're like, oh, let me tell you about everything that's been going on in the Lee family. Like, this is what we did. This is what we've been doing. This is where we live. And, you know, this is the house I live in. You're like, they're just so excited. It's like, it's that thing of like lost time. You know, they're just trying to, they're just trying to play catch up. They've been waiting for 70 years to have this moment to just, 
you know it's like me coming through the door is like my grandfather just the 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 ghost of him just saying hey man everything turned out okay like, and then son is okay and then when your dad comes back to vietnam oh, that's man. gonna be a fucking you gotta go in march too right oh man like uh, if i can if i can get the time well, like yeah, why would you to... not I mean, it's a big deal. You should bring a camera. You should like. Oh man, I, f- I filmed a lot of the stuff this time around. And I know that my I know my brother, like my brother and my sister, now they're on board. Now that they've kind of seen everyone, they've kind of seen links. They've seen all the photos. They've yeah. seen all the evidence. They've seen all the pictures of like, like I went to all the memorials in Way, and my dad's names up on the family trees. No well, they're, kidding. They're, like his name's been sitting up on the family tree for for decades. I had to show my dad. It's like, hey, listen, like these people have been keeping a candle on for you. Like all the children, like I'm 12th generation Lee. My dad's 11th generation. My grandfather's a 10th generation. Even the 13th generation, even like the kids in like Garden Grove, they all know my story. They're like, oh, your, your uncle, your uncle, uh, uncle uh, led, led in toys grandson. Like they all know the story, right? And I was like, damn, like that, I understand like what, what these uncles did. Like they all told their kids, you find this man, you find his Lei Man Jing, you find him, they had pictures and, of him. <clears throat> I bet. With your grandfather's position, I I think maybe his father were probably like imperial like imperial sort of advisors, yeah. Because Hui is the imperial city, and <laughs> a lot of the people with um, certain sort of pedigree that came from that area um, were 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 people who were advising the king and came from that that area. So I bet you if you dig deep enough, because normal people don't keep track of their ancestry, right? Yeah, but these, these people did. They did because they, of the, the royalty did. or the bloodlines that they kept, they kept records of, 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 their, uh, of where, their family. Where is it? There's a great picture of my, my grandfather here. And he's, uh, oh, sorry, my great-grandfather, actually. And he is straight up wearing a medal from the king. You know, he's dressed in like silk garments. And that's people on like subtle Viet trades told me this one. Yeah. And that's that's typically a, a sign of nobility uh, of those years. Yes. You know, so it was like a, it was a seismic event when, uh, when this young man passed. Oh, I can't find it right now. Yeah. It's um, amazing. Amazing how that... Uh, Amazing how this has turned out for you, man. So now, you know, I mean, what does it do to your identity? What does it do to who you are and how you view yourself? Does it change at all? I got to go live in Vietnam for a while. I got to go learn some Vietnamese, you know, like, uh, uh, yeah, I want to spend time there. You know, like, I, 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 like, that's why I, I spent a month there. But now that I've been there, I got family there, and they're all just like, "Yeah, just come back." I was like, "It just like when I was eating the dollar bowl of pho and the dollar bowl of ban, like ban mees, like I was questioning my life choices, can questioning my life choices when the when the broth of the of the pho, everything you ate was one dollar, can it's one dollar. What what what, what what about that stuff makes you question your life? Oh, because I'm just like I came back here and. You're spending ten dollars on a smoothie, you know, eight dollars for a for a coffee. I was just like, what am I doing in Los Angeles? It's like I must really love what I'm like. It made me question like what I was doing, you know, because I was in Vietnam. I was like, I've got this family here. I got, I got, I could get a job here. I could teach English here. I could just hang out here because you know, being in Los Angeles sometimes it can, it yeah. can be a lot. Like that's that's part of the burnout. You know, I've been in Los Angeles for fourteen years now, working on an acting career and. Also, work in hospitality. It's 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 a very draining 
two draining professions and I'm like an introverted kind of guy. Oh, are you? Oh, yeah, man. You're an introvert. I would I would consider myself an introvert. Wow. I, just, I would never think you're an introvert. I just, I just have to force myself into situations where, you know, I have to talk more because otherwise I'd be like my dad, very quiet, very reserved, right? You know, but my mom, luckily, she's a little bit more chatty. I get a little bit social skills from her. Yeah, but you you consider yourself as a natural introvert. Oh yeah, Shit. absolutely. But you know, once I was in once I was in Los Angeles as an actor, and I was going to like, you know, closing parties and like yeah. rap parties, and yeah, you have to talk to people. You have to learn how to be comfortable in these environments. Yeah. So I forced yeah. myself to learn how to talk to people and be more personal. What what was that decision like in the early days to move to to L.A. From from Australia, what what part of Australia are you from? Sydney. Sydney. What what was it like to go and make that decision to go like fuck it? I'm gonna leave the comforts of Sydney to go to Vietnam uh, to go to L.A. I mean that I mean that was pretty much it, man. I was just doing what I was just doing what my parents told me. You know, go to engineering, go do business school, and oh, so you came here for school? Uh, no, they, they asked me to do, like I did that in Sydney, so I got, got it. graduated with a business degree after doing engineering. You know, you just do what your parents tell you. Yeah, I yeah. Think, I didn't think about it, but when I was like 24, 25, and I was like. I think I want to be an actor, you know? Like my friends would tell me, they'd notice that anything that I ever did, presentations were always my strong point. Being able to talk in front of people, like I could do that, I could do that. For some reason, I could do that, right? And they're like, Ross, maybe you should be an actor. And like, for the longest time, I had one friend that asked me, and I was like, I couldn't think of a good reason why not to do it. And I was like, I think I've I think I got to go give it a go. And I just went when I was like 26, and I quit my job, I left everything. I said, sorry, mom, I'm gonna be, I'll be back in a year. That was the plan. Fourteen years later, you know, what what what's what's the hardest thing about living in LA as somebody who's not from here? Just people. People can be nasty. You know, it can be a lot of energy vampires here. You know, when you're in Hollywood as well, you know, you, you, there's a level of kind of fickleness in the city. You know, and you feel that. And then you're in a, a city where everyone's kind of like go 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 and capitalistic kind of. You know. You know, and I'm I'm part of it. I'm trying to be an actor too. But like, when you're in that spot, sometimes it can be very draining spiritually and mentally, especially if you're, you're introvert. I got to spend my yeah. time kind of charging up so I can go out and be with people. Like, thank God I have hobbies that kind of force me out to talk to people. But you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes I, I don't like the people in Los Angeles. It's a much. difficult place. Yeah, it can be. It can be a difficult. It can know. be. You know, you really you don't know. You don't know what people are thinking. You know, it's hard to to gauge what people think it's hard to understand what really goes on right oh man i i came back from vietnam and i was too used to smiling at people yeah. you know you say good morning to people you say hi chumbly song to people Fucking you know just people are real yeah, right, yeah. you say hi and then i came back to los angeles i think i smiled at, at someone in ralph's and she like scowled at me i was like hey and she, she's like I was like, oh, sorry, I can't, sorry, I can't, can't, I can't look people in the eye here and smile. I haven't. Sorry, I'm, in, I'm back in demon land. Yeah, you know, I just noticed you. You have to have your guard back up. I realized yeah. that, like, damn, I got to put my guard back. Up. I was like, damn, that's exhausting, holding that up. I went from a month in Vietnam, where everyone, man, I don't care what you do, I don't care how much money you got. It's just your lead in toys grandson. I'm mm -hmm. so happy you're here. You know, we see you. You know, and I was just, oh man, it made me really kind of question. It's like, man, maybe I want to spend some more time here. Yeah. Yeah. But it's always those times when I'm just about to like, man, fuck this acting career. I don't want to do it. It's always in those times. That something happens. That's when the phone rings, right? That's when my agent like gives yep. me like a good audition. That's when I start getting some voice work. And I'm like, that's, that's why I've been here so long. Because I'm Every, just, just Everybody says that. Just when you're about to quit, 
Right, it's like a toxic, toxic relationship, man. Because like I, I, I've got just enough. Every year, I've got just make enough money, or just get on TV enough, or get like. There's enough here that it's like it's not hopeless. You know, I get, I've got friends, and I'm in the right circles where, you know, my friends are all booking like big major production. It's like, man, I'm I'm here, I'm right here, I'm almost. I there. know these people. I know these people that are booking these roles. I know these people that are working with Michelle Yeoh. I know these people who are on these Netflix shows. I'm like, man, I'm close. But, you know, I'm also, man, it's been 14 years. I'm getting old. I'm getting tired, man. Like, so there's a new generation coming in. There's a, there's a new generation of Asian-American actors and artists that are like the new generation for me. I'm 40. So this new generation, they're like young, hungry, and don't have the chip on the shoulder that I do, right? I grew up in a different time, man. I grew up in straight white 90s in, in yeah. Australia, right? There's different, different, different Vietnam, different Asian representation on tv now right they grow up with different chip on the shoulder they don't, they don't grow up with the kind of you know mad at stuff they're just kind of like young proud and you know proud of their ethnicity proud of their roots and stuff and i see it in their eyes and i'm like it make me feel old but i feel proud yeah. i'm like i oh, good for you guys man you proud of your proud of your roots I, I took a long time to get that back you know it was a long time i was you know i didn't you, you know going back to that thing about you and um just when you're about to give up, you know the phone phone rings. Uh, I I I heard somewhere that Jeremy Renner um, after the Hurt Locker, mm. or before the Hurt Locker, he he wanted to give up. He's like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm I'm gonna go back to I think it architecture or yeah, whatever he's man. in. Yeah, he's like, I'm done. He he got out, and then he got the call from the director to to come audition, and he shot the film. And he's like, if you know, I'm done after this, and you know. Then it ends up becoming the an thing. acclaimed movie with Oscars all over it, and uh, it gave that revitalization to his career. And the thing about all of this shit is, we don't know. We nah. really don't you ne- know. You never know. And it's like, no different than going to the casino, man. Mm, tell me about that. Like, you mean, you know, it's like you try explaining that to like a tiger mom, tiger dad. That's what you want to do with your life. Oh. Mom and dad, like they're pissed. You know they're pissed, right? That like even now, even at forty, they just want. Hey, well, you done yet? Like come home. Like 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 go to Vietnam and live now. Like go get a job in Vietnam. Like the like the acting thing that, that petrifies them. But can you quantify or qualify when you look out into the world of acting and, and entertainment? Why we we why it isn't that we arrived? Is it a quantifiable qualifiable thing? Or is it something that it's like a black box? You just keep like how do you how do you know if you're good? How do you know if you're the feedback the feedback major in, in, uh, in acting is very difficult. You don't get the call. You don't get the call unless you're the guy. You don't get someone telling you, oh, you did a good job. They're not gonna call a hundred hundred actors that didn't get the role. Oh, you did good. No. It's just the guy that gets it, that's the feedback. You just hope that the stuff that you're putting out, you kind of check with your friends and like, what are you doing? If you're smart. You know, you get together with the people that you're in competition with and you say, oh, how did you go? What did you do? Like, you know, and you work together as a group. Asian-American actors, we're, 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 we're boys. We're all tied together. Oh, no we're, we're, in, we're in like a chat group together, right? We're like, you know, like people who book stuff, it's like, oh, what, what, what did you read for? How did you read for it? Oh, what are they looking for? Like we all talk together, right? And that's how you get better because we're all just, as people of color, we're all just competing for the same one role, right? The representation's getting better. 
But like when one role comes in, they're gonna get all they're gonna get all the guys to come in. I know who's gonna get called in if I get called in. I know the guys. Oh, I know Yoshi. I know James Tang. I know I know Kane Liu. Like these are these are names that I've been auditioning with them for ten years. I know <laughs> you. We go for coffee together. We go for movie together. Yes, we know. You know. And so once you get to that, you realize, oh, it's not competition. These are just they're just pitted up against us because there's not many roles. These guys are not my competition. When they want James Tang, they will get James Tang. He is six foot two. There's no reason we should be going for the same roles. But they see us on the headshot. Oh, Asian guy. Yeah, get him in. Right. But, you know, now representation's getting a bit better. They're like, oh, there's a difference between, say, you know, Tony Leung and Andy Lau. You know, you could see that there's a difference between these two guys. They're playing different roles. But like once upon a time, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, Male, Asian, 35, get them all in. We'll have a look at them all. There's no, they're all the same. You know, but that's what happens with representation. It gets better as you write more diverse roles. You yeah. get better writers in there. You get more people in, involved in the process, right? It gets more authentic. But Ross, you're a very charismatic dude, man. You, you, you shouldn't give it up. And I think Thanks, it warrants don't, don't a few more mom, years. Don't tell my mom yeah. and dad. Don't tell my mom and dad that. But I, I, I appreciate that, man, because sometimes it's... Uh, you know, I'm, it's just, you, you wonder, you wonder, because I, who, who's, who's the guy from the Goonies? He's just having his, his comeback uh, now. Kiwe Kwan. Kiwe Kwan, of yeah. course. Like, this guy, he waited 38 years. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I've waited and 14 years. Do I have like 24 more years in me? And know. you've heard sometimes where he's like, right after that, uh, you know, where he got the Oscar for, and still the phone's not ringing. Yeah. And you know, like I, I heard his voice break when he was just like, "I did the, I did the role," and then Hollywood didn't want me Wait, anymore. Yeah. I, f I felt that I was like, Jesus Christ, like that's how it feels. Like this guy was just waiting for thirty-eight years. I, I get, I get bitchy sometimes because I've been here for fourteen, but he's been waiting thirty-eight years for yeah. that, and I was like, Wow, you're really holding the holding the light on for us, you know. And it's, you know, and for me, I'm just like, oh. Like when that phone rings and then I'm doing the auditions, I'm doing the work. I'm like, oh man, I do love this. I do oh, love this love work. It. Yeah. You know, but sometimes it's a big conflict with the parents. Yeah. Are there a lot of Vietnamese men and women in acting in Hollywood from your perspective? There's not a lot. There's not a lot. There's like a handful it's like a good handful, and even if you ask me the names, like you know, you don't, I, you don't know. Yeah, but I, but but I just see them around. I'd see them on the audition sheet, you know. But like, if you speak good Vietnamese, that's a good skill to have. Like, it's, you know, there, there's like a niche for it, and that's why I'm gonna start working on my yeah. Vietnamese. Yeah, you know. But yeah. like the representation, it's still in its growing stages. Still in its growing stages. It's like it's getting better, but like you know, 15 years ago, my phone didn't ring the same way. You know, like I wasn't getting the same kind of diversity in the roles. Like it's gotten better. I just, I came here as a 26-year-old man and now I'm a 40-year-old man. So I've got like a couple of grades. So my, my, the, my type is changing a little bit. Yeah. Before I was going for like Bruce Lee kind of roles, right? But now I don't want to go for those roles because the, the guys that are like training for them, they're like, they're ripped, jacked, yeah. jacked, strong, good Mandarin, good Cantonese. I'm like, uh, you know what? I think I'm going for the dad roles now. So just the just like the young dad roles, that's what I go for mm. instead. And so you know, over time, the the type changes. Changes, yeah. Yeah, but you don't you don't know how that's going to go. You don't know. You just hope that, just like the feedback, you just hope you're doing the right thing. And trying to explain that to someone who's not in the industry, they're like, "That's what you do for your career, like that." Oh my god, I can't believe you're doing that. I'm like, scary oh, as fuck, man. I don't know what it's I'm totally doing. Totally scary. Either. Yeah, it's yeah, a scary feeling. 
What um, what are you doing for the holiday season? Being oh. away so far away from home from Australia. Oh, you know, definitely give the family a call, but definitely get to hang out with the Garden Grove family. Like they're like they're they're, they're all stoked. You know, it's, it's crazy. It's just a few. It's just a few months ago that you knew nobody, and you've been here for fourteen been years. Here for fourteen years, and they're just like an hour. Away. They're an hour away from you. This uncle that was looking for my dad, he lived an hour away, and he he. One of the last wishes he had was to find my dad. That's what he would always say. Just, I want and to he find died, him. right? He died just last year. Just last year. And that was like one of his last wishes. He, he had pictures of my dad. He, the story goes, he came over in like the 90s at the age of 60 to, to America. Didn't speak much English, right? He didn't have a lot of money, but he had pictures of my dad. He was just, he was just, gonna, yeah. he was just trying to find my dad. Right, he told all his nephews, he told all his nieces, "You find this man, and you find him." Right, and I could, I could feel that from the way these uncles greet me. They're like, "We found him," like, like they, they hug me like it's just like it's, and, it's a party. So you've hung out with the Garden Grove clan mm-hmm. before, uh, like many just, times, just, or just, just one time? Just once now, just once yeah. now. I went down the other week, and you know they brought me into the garden. You know they were like taking pictures with me and the produce. You know because Vietnamese, you got to take pictures of the produce. Right, they're very proud of their gardens. And they're, pu- they're, they're going out to the gardens, they're pulling out like the nicest, nicest fruit Fruits, for me. Yeah. They're like the nicest persimmons, the nicest guavas. Like, here, take this, take this. You know, I'm just like, wow, you got, you know. And, and, and was your grandfather the oldest or the youngest or middle? Middle, his middle child. He is in the middle. Yeah. yeah. He is in the middle. What a beautiful story, Ross. I, uh, I really appreciate you coming in today to share this Thanks. with me and, and sharing the acting and entertainment journey. I know that it's, it's not always easy, um, but the courage to continue or even gone this far is a big deal. You know, it's a huge yeah, deal. Oh, like, like, thank you very much, Kenneth, for just having the time. Thank you, Jess Vu, for getting us in touch. But, you know, like being a part of this and being a part of the family, it's been, it's all I want to talk about. So yeah. thank you for kind of giving me the space to share, you know. Yeah, it's, it's my pleasure. And I hope that the next few years, both on the family level and career level, you bring Vietnam closer to you. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like you're doing that right now. Yeah, me too, man. Vietnam was the best. The food, the people, the everywhere I went. Like I did the Ha Jong Loop in the north and just just taking in all the culture just taking the time to just kind of just take it in and enjoy it was uh just a magical experience yeah well let me know if there's ever any new developments because this is a very fascinating story thank you thank you very much thanks ross thank you for listening to the vietnamese with kenneth Wynn. special thanks to Brittany tran to jane Wynn, Catherine Wynn, tina fam sydney jamie and crystal trin please find us on instagram facebook and tiktok at the Vietnamese Podcast.